Welcome to the From Broke to Badass Masterclass series. I'm your host, Jennifer Griffith, and I'm collaborating with a network of successful women to learn how they live their best lives. The badass women in this Masterclass series share business, life, and spiritual advice and provide you with inspiration, guidance, and practical tips to help you achieve financial freedom, juggle the demands of home, family, and careers, and fulfill your purpose without sacrificing your dreams. Tune in and gather powerful guidance on how to be broken open, transformed, and go from broke to badass. On today's From Broke to Badass Masterclass, I'm joined by Kelly Gonzalez, a wellness consultant and educator on a mission to guide individuals towards vitality, longevity, personal fulfillment, and a more harmonious work life. She takes you on a journey of self-discovery through inquiry, movement, rituals, and meditation and mindfulness practices to tap into your true nature and power. Kelly is a creator of Elemental Conditioning, a mobility and mindfulness practice to get back to the basics, out in nature, and help you do anything, only better. Today, Kelly talks about recognizing the symptoms of burnout, determining self-powered goals, and provides tips to help you create a harmonious work life. She offers private coaching, mobility, and mindfulness sessions, wellness in the workplace seminars and classes for businesses and corporations, and has worked with companies such as Hulu, Nike, and Zephyr. Listen in and be inspired. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Jennifer? I'm doing really good. I'm so excited to have you here, especially because you are going to be sharing some tips and tricks on how to avoid burnout and create harmony in your life. And I think it's so important because the World Health Organization um, just released that they're going to classify burnout as a real disorder. I mean, this is something that's now going to have a diagnosis. And it breaks my heart to know that, but it goes to show this is such a real topic. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for agreeing to be a part of this series. But for individuals who don't know who you are, um, can you tell us a little bit of who you are, kind of share your story and let us know how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, I'm a wellness coach and an educator. I do wellness in the workplace. So I go into corporations and I give talks about things like burnout, how to increase vitality, um, bring movement and mindfulness and overall well-being into the workplace. So my story is, is that I was always a very driven athlete and also very hard on myself in all areas of my life. So going to you know, a top school um, with sports, playing you know, top 10 D1, um, running marathons, just really pushing myself to the limit in many areas of my life. And it got to the point eventually in my mid-20s that I was just like, you know, I reached all these amazing goals and I've accomplished a lot of these feats that I've gone after, but I'm not truly happy. And I had to take a step back and backtrack a bit and think, well, where did, where did I get off course here? And 
I had to go back to, you know, why did I get started on this path and where did things take a detour? And I realized for me it happened when I was competing in physique competitions. So I was an IFB, IFBB Bikini Pro, and that stands for International Federation of Bodybuilders. And I was competing for about five years at the pro level and just pushing myself to the point of burnout. I was eating a very strict diet, doing a ton of cardio and heavy strength training, and really just didn't have balance in my life. I lacked a lot of um, balance in areas of like social because like, I couldn't go out and to eat with my friends. You know, I had to weigh all my food and make sure I was like right on track and I had training every single day. And I was like, you know what? I'm not a college athlete anymore. Why am I in this mindset that I have to do this? I have to strive for perfection. And I had also had some health issues that came about from all that as well. Um, so I lost my cycles for about 10 years. Oh, no. Yeah, so that was pretty intense. And, you know, Western doctors were like, oh, you have, you know, the female triad. This is very common in athletes. It's amenorrhea. And that progressed. And I was also diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, so a thyroid disorder, um, which was a result of my training. And I was like, you know, this is not in alignment with my values. I do not want to be on a prescription medicine. For the rest of my life, um, I don't want to be in this cycle of doctors just, just telling me like, well, you know, it's this is okay because I'm like, this is very unnatural. It doesn't seem okay um, to go this long without a cycle, and to like, there has to be something deeper, like a deeper issue here. And that's when I really had to unravel, and I had to ask myself these hard questions, like. I had to stop and look and be very aware. Why am I doing this? Where is this coming from? Um, what, what am I actually looking for? Am I looking just for a validation, approval? Am I, am I looking for this power that um, has somehow escaped me and I'm trying to put up like some sort of false mask for it? And I had to start going to those dark places and looking at um, – you know, this body, dysmor dysmor body dysmorphia that happened. And not only was it in relation to body image issues, but it was everything. It was like I always had to strive and be the best. And um, the unraveling came about when I went on an adventure. And I just decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm not going to be on prescription medication for the rest of my life. I'm, you know, not going to be stuck in this place of like always not feeling good enough. And I sold all of my stuff basically. And I went on an adventure out in nature and um, I camped a ton. I just really got back to basics and back to nature. Did you do and, that by yourself or did you do that with a group of friends? No, I did it by myself. It was, it was inner work. So it was, there was nobody, um, it, it was it's something I had to do for myself. So but let's I, talk about that for a second. Cause I, I love this, right? And I mean, I love camping. I love being outdoors. Not everybody does, but you, you clearly recognized you were burnt out at this point and you decided to get rid of your stuff, to go on this adventure by yourself, to do soul searching, right? How long were you gone? How long did this take? Um, well, the nomadic journey was about six weeks. And then I lived on a sailboat in the heart of Los Angeles for about three months. 
And so over, it was over the course of about six months that I was on this nomadic quest on wow. um, this first part, but my cycles returned, my health, I, I went to go see my endocrinologist six months later after doing this journey. And he was like, what did you do? He was like, your, your blood work is back to normal. Um, tell, you know, let me know what you did. I want to, I want to be happy like you. And I was like, I did nothing. And that was the secret in, um, there's a term called Wu Wei in Buddhism and it's non-doing. It's just getting out of your own way. And that's basically what I did. I let myself for the first time in years, I let myself relax and be at peace and just do the things that I like to do. And I cut my stress and, you know, I looked at, well, what are the biggest stressors in my life? Like what is out of alignment for me? And that's really what I think burnout is, is when we are out of alignment with what in our hearts, we know we want to be doing. We're not living a life full of joy. Mm -hmm. We're not doing enough of what we love and we're doing things because we are placing shoulds on our shoulders. And of course, we have to find this balance in life where, we, yes, we have to, you know, pay our rent and make sure that we are, you know, preparing for the future and financial planning. But there's a lot of unnecessary stress that we strap on our own backs. And so that is the work. It's just like take that burden off and just simplify, 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 simplify. What is absolutely essential? Yeah. And I love that you've listened to your body too, because that's something a lot of us don't do, right? We're on the constant go. And I think we push our bodies to the extreme, but for you, it was obviously very physical symptoms. Your cycle stopped, you weren't feeling well, but you paid attention to it versus just like, ah, eh, you know, I'm just going to pay attention to the doctors and do what I have to do and, you know, take medication for the rest of my life. But you realize, no, there's an underlying cause to this issue. And you became your own advocate by really listening to your body, paying attention to it and wanting to take care of yourself. So I love that you did that because a lot of us don't, right? We get to the point where we just go, go, go. And the next thing you know, we get the cancer diagnosis or the infertility diagnosis or whatever case, anxiety, depression, you name it. Mm -hmm. So I think that listening to your body is so important. People, if you feel tired, Give your body a rest. If something doesn't feel right, question it. If one doctor doesn't give you an answer, go to another doctor. Take the holistic approach, but really be your own advocate because if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. So exactly. Kudos to you for doing that. Now, your symptoms were, again, very um, kind of obvious, but what are some of the ways that individuals can pay attention? Like, how do you know if you're burnt out? Well, your immune system will start, um, you know, you'll just have symptoms where you are like you're sick all the time. Your immune, your immune system is not up to par and you're getting headaches, you're getting chest pains, um, anxiety attacks, and just like this built up energy within you and you don't know why. There's, there's nothing that you can like pinpoint and say, this is exactly why I feel this way. It's just gotten to a point that the stress has built up that it's become a state of being, like a more natural state of being for you, that your body is constantly on overdrive, that it's almost like your body has forgotten how to shift into the parasympathetic nervous system, so into our rest and digest mode. And you're just so used to being in overdrive all the time. Um, that's, that's a big one. And 
I think sometimes we don't realize how burnt out or how stressed or out of alignment we are until we step away and like you go on vacation or something, you're like, oh my gosh, I was in this amazing place and all I could do was just sleep because I was so exhausted. But sometimes it just means that you have to come out of the environment that you're in and you go somewhere else and then you're like, oh, this, this isn't right. I'm not even able to fully function right now. Your adrenals are just burnt. That's so true, you know, and that's the best way, but not, unfortunately, not everybody can take that vacation or kind of step away, you know, kind of have that eagle eye view of what's happening in their life because, you know, people are busy. People have to, some people have a lot of bills they have to pay or their mother and they have to take care of their children. So it's some, oftentimes difficult to take that step back and realize mm-hmm. this isn't right. This isn't normal. But if you just can maybe do, um, you know, maybe without going away on vacation, maybe a few minutes a day to focus on yourself or maybe on a Friday night, take a bath and start to do like the, you know, relax and do the work, like check in with yourself, right? Why do I feel this way? Is this how I want to feel? Does this make me feel good? Is this how I always want to feel? Do you have any tips? Like what can people do just on the day to day? Like if someone's exhausted today, what kind of work can they do to realize why? The number one thing is meditation. It's starting a meditation practice and really being extremely diligent with it. Um, I've spent every year I go to Vipassana. It's a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And I create time in every year for that. You know, it's, it's, it's great to be able to take 10 days off, but I really have to prepare for that financially, within my schedule, everything. But I do it because I know it's so important for the effects are so deep and they last for very long, especially if you maintain your practice. So having that immersion is great, but if you can't go and do something like that, just starting with breathing 10 deep breaths. If that's all you do for, you know, the first couple of months and then just start chipping away every morning when you wake up, 10 conscious deep breaths and just do a body scan from the crown of your head to your toes how am I feeling? Where am I holding tension? Can I let that go? It's so good. And that's so important. And that doesn't take a lot of time, right? So for individuals who are strapped for time or you're busy, this is stuff you can do for a few minutes every morning or maybe on your commute home from work. I mean, I feel like a broken record. I often say this to people, but it really doesn't take a long time to, you know, meditation. You can meditate why do you can meditate as you walk, you can meditate as you drive, you can do the, you know, what we all know is more the traditional approach where you close your eyes and sit in a lotus position. But you can really just focus, take a few minutes to focus on yourself, focus on deep breathing. You could do that picking up the kids from school, you know, or waiting in line for them to get in the car. So it's not to say that you have to start big, right? You don't have to all of a sudden go from zero to an hour of meditation. Start small because like you said, the effects, if you're doing the work, the effects could last a very long time and they're so beneficial, right? But you are setting the intention for you when you go to your meditation of retreat, you're being very intentional. You're creating an intentional lifestyle to ensure that you don't burn out again or that you don't have the physical symptoms that you had once before. So how can individuals kind of, what are some tips to help them create an intentional lifestyle to help them really stay in balance, you know, in addition to them, the meditation and the breathing? Well, you know, 
I think it's important to have those moments where you, yes, when you're in your car, you're on your way to work, you're like, okay, I'm going to take a moment to meditate. But it takes a while to get there because we get into our modes of being where we get into these habits and we're just going to, we're just going to be there. So I would say first create space. It doesn't have to be long. It can be 10 minutes, but really set a, a practice, have a meditation practice. Like first thing in the morning when you wake up, like if you, it's like, if I do nothing else all day, I'm going to make sure I do 10 minutes of meditation in the morning, make it such a priority because those little bits of awareness, those little sparks won't happen until you go deep enough. Yeah, that's so true. That is so true. And that's, that's the thing. It's being intentional, uh, you know, investing in yourself are, are key. If you don't do that, if you don't put yourself first, you know, who else is going to do it for you, but you have to make yourself a priority because if you're not feeling well, how else are you going to show up for anybody else? If you look at it from that standpoint, but it's really about being the best version of yourself for your own sake. And then hopefully to be the best version for your partner, or your spouse or your children or your work or whatever that is. So absolutely. So doing, creating the space, what, what else? can you do? I mean, you start in the morning and I completely agree with you. For me, my morning ritual is my non-negotiable. I have to wake up, you know, usually an hour earlier than usual than I would normally wake up in the past, just so I can focus on my gratitude work, my meditation. Um, what else can individuals do throughout the day to, to ensure that they're staying in balance? Well, I, I always have a journal with me. I actually created something called the daily tracker and you can find that on my site. Um, that is a tool that I've used with all these different practices and techniques that help me have a more balanced and harmonious day. So journaling's great. Like let's say your mind is just racing and instead of just being stuck in your head, just get it down on paper. So a journal is more affordable than gray matter. <laughs> so just get it out of your head and out of your body, write it down. I highly recommend free writing as a practice. Um, it's a great way to write out your stress and also you come up with a lot of creative ideas that way. And so, can you explain free writing a little more? If individuals don't know what that is, is that just kind of what they refer to as the brain dump or whatever's in your head? You just write every single word that comes to your head and no rhyme or reason. Yes, absolutely. So let's say you, um, you have an important meeting coming up and you're like, gosh, I have to get this presentation and here are my points I want to um, provide. And um, I, I also want to talk about this. And what if somebody says this? Just start writing. You don't think about it. Set a timer for 10 minutes, pen the paper, just lay it all out and just watch how your brain will organize. You'll start to organize. You keep writing, you keep writing, and you'll start coming with bullet points. You're like, okay, this goes here, this goes there. And then you're just going to feel better as well because you're just getting it down on paper. So whenever you are starting to have anxiety, taking action is a great cure. You know, and not just random action, but writing, meditate, have like a little toolbox for yourself. You know, a few things that you're like, I know this works for me. So you mentioned um, your morning ritual. You're like, okay, I know I need to get up and do this. I know I need to do my gratitude journal. Make a list of about five practices that work for you and have them in your back pocket. So as soon as you're like, you know what, I'm going to this space where things are getting a little bit hectic and I'm feeling tension rise up in my body. I'm you know, starting to get a headache. I'm exhausted. What can I do? You have 
three to five things that you can work with on a consistent basis because it's like digging a well. You know, you don't want to go out and just try everything. You want to really sink in into a practice and then let that unfold. Oh, that's so good. So for an individual, if someone, let's say someone is in corporate America and they're at their office and they're about to walk into a conference room to give a big presentation and they're feeling a little anxious, do you have any tips on something they could do real quickly, you know, within 30 seconds or a minute before they enter that room? Absolutely. Um, I call it balanced breath. And it's breathing in for an even count. So in yoga, in pranayama, we call it sama vritti. Sama meaning the same. You breathe in for, let's say, a five count. Inhale through your nose. And then exhale either through your nose or through your mouth for five. Start with that. So you're doing five rounds. Five rounds, inhaling five, exhaling five. The next part, inhale five, hold for five. Exhale all the breath out for a count of five and hold the breath out for five. Do that five rounds. The final step is to breathe in for five and double your exhale. So if you're breathing in for a count of five, exhale for 10. That is going to slow down your heart rate when you breathe in through your nose, you stimulate the olfactory nerve, and it's going to help you tap into your parasympathetic nervous system, so it helps you relax. And then exhaling for longer is going to help you drop into that relaxation mode. So it's just you're training your body, you're signaling your body to relax by utilizing breath control. Oh, that is so good. You know, I would just love it if a corporation would just do that as the standard for starting a meeting, right? Let's all just get in our Zen happy place and do it. But instead it's go, go, go. But for individuals, you know, I often get presentations or I have to meet with clients and sometimes there is a lot of anxiety that goes into it. So just doing some deep breath work and this won't take a long time, right? What will this take a minute maybe? What do you yeah. Think? I mean, about, I would say, give yourself five minutes. So, if okay. you, know, you know, you don't want to be rushing to the meeting, you know, give yourself a good amount of time, like plan it in. Okay, I know I need to um, get upstairs to the third floor. And I know I need to sit down and I know exactly what that's going to be. And I have five minutes to do some breathing there. And I'm not going to think about anything else until I'm done doing that. And then I'm going to prepare to go into my meeting mm -hmm. and it's going to be like a clean slate. And also having a sense of confidence and trust. I trust that I'm prepared. You know, I trust that I have the skills and I am fully capable of giving this presentation. So using some positive affirmations rather than that constant cycle of worry. Oh, I don't know. What are they going to think? What's going to happen? Start affirming what you believe is true and what you want to be true. Mm -hmm. You know, and that also goes back to being prepared. So it, it takes a little bit of um, planning beforehand. Yeah, but I think, you know, normally, especially for business professionals, if you're going to go give a presentation, you are preparing in advance, or I would hope you are, you know, unless it just comes naturally. So if that's the case, kudos to you. But I feel like when you're preparing, do, do this little bit of work. And part of that could be, um, you know, you say affirmations. I like to call them kind of morning mantras. Uh, but maybe the night before you go to bed, write down just five affirmations. You know, I'm, I'm confident. I'm 
I'm respected by my peers, whatever they are, read them to yourself before you go to bed. Maybe and that the next morning when you wake up the day of your presentation or your big day, read it again and kind of just repeat them back. I get to a point sometimes where brushing my teeth, I'll just repeat an affirmation over and over and over. But prepare for that just as though you would any presentation, right? Absolutely. And I think to go one step beyond um, because what we want to avoid too is magical thinking. So give yourself evidence. Um, I am confident in my abilities because I did X, Y, and Z. Or you know, to just give yourself that backup as that reassurance too. So uh, that way it doesn't become habitual in the sense that we're just we're just doing it because it's just another habit. Okay, I'm gonna say this, but where is there a lot of meaning behind it? So just always making sure if you're doing mantras and affirmations that it's you you actually feel it. And this is coming back to having things be somatic and being in your body. You actually believe it. You feel it's true. It's not just something that you're getting out of a book and you're like, okay, I'm going to read this affirmation for prosperity and therefore I'm going to get a raise and it's just going to happen. It's like, I believe this to be true for me because, and I'm, my actions are in alignment with this and therefore it is true. So it's like, it's like a cycle of giving and receiving with that mantra and that affirmation. Oh, that is powerful because I think too, for a lot of successful people, especially they kind of have what's known as the imposter syndrome, right? Where they start to question uh, kind of their achievements and they start to think, Oh, I'm, I'm really not as good as people think. Or what if they think I'm, what if they find out that I'm a fraud? And so by doing this, it's like, wait a second. First off, that's just fear speaking. You are good and you are good because, and you give exactly what you said, the affirmation with the fact behind it. And it should help diminish diminish that fear yes and also it programs your subconscious too you're you know we like when we get progress and you get positive results so if you're doing an action and it's taking you towards um, that goal or that future vision for yourself you're going to keep doing that you're going to do more things it's like working out you know, you start getting results. You're like, well, geez, I'm going to keep doing this. This is working. And then you start doing more. You're like, well, this is working. I'm going to start eating better too. Oh my gosh, that's working. So now I'm going to, and it just carries on. It's like a domino effect. Mm -hmm. And it becomes addicting, I think, you know? I mean, that's the thing. You see the benefits or you're reaping the benefits and it's exactly that. Well, what's next? If I feel this great, how can I feel even better? You know, and I love to just, and it's a way to, it's self-improvement really, or, or self-development really. I love that. So you mentioned earlier that in your early 20s, you realized some of what you were doing just really wasn't in alignment with, with your, your values or what you really wanted. How can someone focus on setting kind of self-powered goals, um, goals that are in alignment with themselves and really not focus on them being somebody else's goals? Sure. Um, you know, I think a daily meditation practice, you know, coming back to that and the free writing exercise is great. Writing out, you know, what are my goals? Why? You know, really being clear on your why. Where is it coming from? Is it coming from my head? Is it coming from my ego? Is it coming from my heart? Um, really think about why do I want this? And thinking more about the feeling, not so much about the outcome as much. But what is the feeling that you're looking for? And when you start going deeper, like, okay, I want to get this promotion. What's the feeling associated with the promotion? Is it a sense of power? 
a sense of accomplishment and achievement because people will look at you different or um, you just feel like, you know, my, my spouse is going to be, you know, so excited about this. What is the, what is the feeling that you're looking for with this outcome? And being really clear on that, because what I have found is that most things come back to connection and love and a sense of safety or having playfulness or, you know, a little sense of like wildness. And getting clear on that can really help you work towards your goals, but at the same time, not be attached to the outcome. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. It absolutely does. And, you know, that's a great thing to focus on because not everybody knows their why. Why is it that you do something? What or why do you want to pursue that career? Why do you want to take that business to the next level? And one of the things is what is your why? My why is I love to help people. I've always wanted to help people. I wanted to be in healthcare because I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. So I, you know, 20 plus years ago, started working in the healthcare industry. But it's a question that you need to, you need, should know the answer to, but it's a constant re-evaluation of that why. Well, is this still, an, is this still my why? And if so, why? You know, it's, it's kind of being that, like being that annoying little kid within yourself. But why? But why? But why? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because we evolve and shift so much and what you wanted 20 years ago and what was so important to you may not be the same now. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, every six months, jot down, really sit and think about what are my values? Like, what do I, what do I believe? What sort of impact do I want to make in the world? What's important to me? What are these core values and beliefs? And then why? And then what am I doing to live out those values. And it's a constant process of reevaluation. So yes, absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, that's part of that work we all need to be doing, you know, that inner work. So you mentioned earlier that meditation, breathing are good things to kind of stay in balance and avoid burnout. But for our listeners, would you have any, in addition to those items, three practical takeaways that individuals can implement to kind of help them create a harmonious work life? Absolutely. So in my, um, with my clients, what we do is the first thing is we have to get the body in check because a lot of times maybe stress has taken us so far away from, we, we forget what it feels like to feel vitality and feel really great and wake up in the morning and not feel like, um, you know, dragged down and super tired. So the first thing I do is get yourself moving. You know, uh, I teach mobility work. So helping to maintain and restore your lost range of emotion, get moving because it creates such a, um, a positive flood of um, hormones and neurotransmitters in your brain that you're just going to feel good just from getting yourself moving. And then number two, think about what am I putting into my body? What are my what are my eating habits like? Am I eating real food or am I eating this man-made processed food that I'm just eating it because it's there, I'm snacking on it because I feel stressed. So having an eating schedule, because one, it keeps you really grounded. And two, obviously that's going to be such good fuel for your activity and brain function. And then three, then you're more in a clear space to sit down and form a meditation practice because your body's feeling good. You're able to sit without these aches and pains bothering you. And then you're nourished and your mind is more clear. So fitness and mobility, nutrition, make sure you're eating 
good food from the earth. And three, then sit down, breathing, meditation, gratitude, affirmations, journaling, really get crystal clear on your core values and beliefs. So positive. And that'll have, I mean, that'll just create a harmonious life period, right? Not just at work, not just at home. It's your overall well-being that you need to focus on and, and improve on a regular basis. So we mentioned earlier kind of the importance of morning rituals or meditating for a few minutes and finding time to do that. Um, do you have a morning ritual and, and or evening ritual? Because a lot of people have both. And if so, what are they? Yes, I, I have both. Um, it's changed over the years, but a few things are very consistent. One is I wake up and I drink um, warm lemon water. So either like a hot tea or just warm room temperature water with lemon. And what I do a lot of times is if I just want to stay in my room, I don't even want to mess with going downstairs. I just have um, my little hydro flask and I have that right beside my bed. So it's there when I wake up in the morning. So I hydrate right away. Um, I make sure I do the body scan. I do deep breathing in the morning and I think about gratitude and I start my day that way because it's so we can get into this rut where we wake up and we're just automatically thinking about, Oh, I gotta do this. I have to do that. So training yourself to wake up, breathe, connect to your body, be grateful. And um, don't look at your phone for the first hour of the morning. Just, you know, don't touch it put it away, put it somewhere far away from you and don't touch it until you do your movement, your meditation, and you give yourself a good solid 45 minutes to an hour. So hydration, um, no phone. And then I do my mobility work. I do joint mobility and I either do, um, a little bit of yoga, just light. I call it morning light. I do a a little bit of yoga, mobility, and then I sit down and I do my meditation and pranayama. Oh, that's so good. And you take, you said about 45 minutes to an hour is the amount of time you give yourself? Yes. Awesome. Yes, I do that. And then, um, you know, get my dog out on a walk. Um, and, and then I come in, I have a healthy breakfast. And, you know, once there's a little bit of um, food in my system, I, you know, I feel more energized and I'm ready to go about the day. Oh, that's so good. And you mentioned warm water, and you're not the first person to mention that warm lemon water. Why warm as opposed to cold? Um, it's not as jarring for your system, for your digestive system. So when you are drinking just warm water, it just gets all the juices going in your um, intestinal tract, and it gets you, um, it helps with cleansing, but it also helps you with. Um, uh, when you do go to eat, you're just in a more cleansed state and your digestive system is um, functioning better. I love that. I'm one of the weird people who, um, whether it's morning or in client meetings or after dinner when we're about to order dessert, I will usually always order a hot water. And people look at me like I have two heads oftentimes. But for me, it's, I love, I love warm beverages. And usually when I'm traveling for work and I'm always in coffee meetings, I, I used to drink nothing but coffee and then I would become jittery and I would be kind of look like an anxious mess. I mean, I was horrible in front of clients, you know, after 10 cups of coffee. So I switched it with just warm water so I can go to a Starbucks and ask for, you know, a cup of uh, hot water or at a restaurant. And it, I find it's just a nicer way to kind of hydrate. So now it's hilarious. All of my coworkers know, like when I order hot water and people look at each other, like, is she nuts? They're like, it's her thing. Don't worry. 
<laughs> always hot water. But to me, it's, it's true. I like uh, room temp and warm water. And I do find that my body absorbs it better the water better. I do feel a little more hydrated and I'm, I'm detoxifying my body in a different way. So I think it's important to kind of um, clarify that too, because a lot of people do like ice cold water, but there is, there are health benefits to drinking warm water. Right. Yes, absolutely. If you study um, Ayurveda or traditional Chinese medicine, they'll talk a little bit more. Um, I'm not an expert on exactly why warm water. I'm like you, I'm like, I just know it works really well for me. Um, what I started doing actually when I spent some time in India and ashram, we woke up every morning and we had warm lemon ginger tea. So I just stuck with that after doing it. But, um, but yeah, I would definitely look more into Ayurveda and Chinese medicine and things like that for exactly why. Mm -hmm. We just know it works. So that's why we do it. It works. It makes us feel good. Yeah, and adding lemon to it is is very alkaline and um, good for digestion. And ginger is anti-inflammatory. So yeah, those are some things that you can add to your water. And it's, it's great first thing in the morning. And you mentioned you also have an evening ritual. Is that did I hear that correctly? I do. Yes. What is that? Um, <laughs> well, I normally. I, I meditate in the evening as well. I try to do at least 20 minutes morning and evening. And I'll do some light stretching, very restorative poses. Um, I'll do like a restorative um, bridge pose with a block underneath of my sacrum to um, release my low back. And I'll do some spinal twist and um, maybe, you know, legs up a wall. That's really excellent, especially during times of like your premenstrual syndrome. So like if you're about to start a new cycle, it's great to do legs up the wall and really just do some long, deep breathing and lie on your back in constructive rest pose with your knees bent. So I do that in the evening normally. Um, I try to cut off all electronics and get away from screens at least an hour and a half before bed. And when I was in Bali last year, I got a Balinese hang drum, so like a steel pan. And it's very meditative to play. It's a very intuitive instrument. Um, I can just, I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, I can hear it. Yeah, that's lovely. So that is really super relaxing to play before bed. And, and do you do that every night? I try to because I'm, I'm also practicing. I'm learning how to play. And sound healing is fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of science popping up about this um, right now and the effect it has on your nervous system and vibration. Um, it's becoming more mainstream. So just the vibrations just help with your nervous system. And of course, you know, when you're using your hands, you're in your body and you're, you're so focused, you're, you're just in this um, flow state when you're playing a musical instrument. So whether it's a, um, a drum or it's a guitar, it's very relaxing. Mm, I love that. It's such a nice way to end the night too, right? Some, something different than being on, on your phone, which I'm like you, I try, uh, I definitely don't look at my phone first thing in the morning and I try not to look at it about 30 minutes before I go to bed. I should probably make that a little while longer, but it's just something about the light and kind of the, you know, it depends if you get a text or an email or something that kind of sets you the tone off to start your day wrong or it, it stops you from relaxing at night. So I'm a huge advocate for 
not checking your phone constantly, but especially after you wake up at least for an hour and then hopefully for an hour before you go to bed. So I love that. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for all of your knowledge and wisdom. I mean, this has been so helpful. There's so many things here that I know our listeners will take away and benefit from. If individuals want to follow you online or via social media, where can they find you? Sure. My website is kellygonzalez.com, K-E-L-L-Y-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z.com. And I'm on social media at, on Instagram at Kelly G Fitness. And then do you have, I know that you and I spoke a little while earlier, something for our listeners. I know you had a very generous offer. Oh, I have um, Ignite the Fire Within. So setting sustainable goals and it's the process and journey towards big goals. So that's seven steps to help you, just like we talked about, really get in touch with you know, your body, your heart, you know, what's important, what is a more of a soul goal instead of an egoic goal or a societal goal, and creating space in your life for that and keeping it going as you go through the process. Because in any process, um, whether you're going towards a soul goal or not, you're going to have ups and downs. So how do you keep that? intrinsic motivation alive so cool so if they click on the if listeners click on the link at the bottom of your biography they will have access is it a workbook or book what is it um it's a pdf awesome small ebook yep Awesome. Thank you so much for that. So we will definitely share that link at the bottom of your bio. And Kelly, thank you again so very much for your time, for being a part of this. I love everything that you shared and I know it's only going to make a positive impact. So thank you so much. Jennifer, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the From Broke to Badass Masterclass series. I hope you're feeling inspired to take control of your finances, create balance, and live your best life. To continue your journey of transformation, be sure to join the In the Life of Zen tribe, where for only $5.55 a month, you'll receive weekly guidance, inspiration, and tools to make you even more badass than you already are. For less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you'll have access to weekly powerful mantras meditations, tapping sessions, tip sheets, and articles to help you live the life of your dreams. Visit www.inthelifeofzen.com to join this badass tribe. And if you know other women who will benefit from these interviews, please spread the love by sending them the link to this masterclass series. And stay tuned for more from In the Life of Zen. Visit us at inthelifeofzen.com and follow us on social media at In the Life of Zen.